0: We have to be able to position both the advertising as well as the listing optimization, especially the listing optimization, the SEO of product listings and ads in order to first and foremost break away from the pattern, break away from the sameness that you see in a search result so that you even grab the eye of the shopper, get them to pause for a second to consider the image that you showed or the title you have.
1: Hey, this is the Data-Driven Marketer. I'm Adam. I'm Mark. And I'm Brian. Welcome back for another Hang in the Data Basement. Thanks for joining us. And special thanks to our guest this week, Brian R. Johnson, co-founder of Canopy Management. So yeah, you want to tell us a little bit about Canopy? Of course. Yeah. So uh, just
0: kind of starting out, I guess, some background. So I did a couple of decades in the Fortune 500 technology. And then in the last 14 years, I've been in e-commerce. Uh, I did uh, about seven years primarily on eBay and my own site selling uh, money counting equipment, banking equipment, coin sorters, that kind of stuff. And then about seven years ago, I came over to the dark side. I came over to the Amazon sales channel and had to completely relearn (laughs) an entirely new platform. And back then, there wasn't much training going on. I mean, it was still pretty early as far as like a lot of the, the individual, the third party seller training, what was available. Software was very limited as far as what was available. And so the way I started uh, is I started basically selling my own products on Amazon, like a lot of others. And one of the areas where I kind of changed direction was I had a friend of mine who was already selling on Amazon and they had 800 SKUs, 800 products selling on Amazon and they needed help growing the sales. And so I went and said, well, I know five seconds more than you uh, about Amazon. And so I'm going to, uh, you know, going to help you. And one of the areas that I wanted to explore was the advertising platform of Amazon and went out to find the information I needed. Crickets didn't exist. There was no training, there was no software, there was no community. And so I just out of my own need I created all those things. I created uh, the first community for Amazon advertising, the first software, the first training course. Uh, I didn't create the first agency, but that's ultimately what all this culmination went to uh, after a few years, about three and a half years ago, launched the uh, our advertising agency, Canopy Management, and have been building that strong. We've been uh, pretty much doubling every year for the past three and a half years now. And today we've got... About sixty-five employees across seven countries, and we continue to uh, double each year. Knock on wood that we continue with that. And a lot of that has to do with understanding the the data and building processes around it in order to ensure consistency as far as the the basically the service and the product that we deliver.
1: Well, yeah, we've we've been excited to have you on for a bit because. I feel like most people don't realize that Amazon advertising is a thing. And if, you're <laughs> in the, and if you're in the marketing and advertising space, occasionally you see a report where you see Amazon's DSP as the third or fourth or fifth. Like it's consistently in the top five of yeah. the biggest advertising platforms. And I, I wouldn't, you know, like the first question is where even are the ads? Like they're kind of (laughs) hidden in there in a space where you don't even like it's like it's a sneaky (laughs) ad platform that, yeah, at least it was for a long time. Yeah. This really sneaky ad platform that like there are weird aspects of it that I could talk about forever. Just the extent of the brilliance of getting Barnes and Noble to pay for advertising space. On their competitor. is just this insane, like you're still getting a taste, even if people click out and go buy it from the store that they recognize. Yeah, that is but, so yeah. true. Oh, there's so much, there's so much cool stuff going on there. But, but yeah, well, I feel like maybe the first thing is to step back up just a tiny bit and sort of tell the story of Amazon's like advertising presence and what it even means to be advertising on Amazon versus Google or YouTube.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to others. I mean, so on the Amazon sales channels and across all the marketplaces that Amazon has around the world for different countries, different languages, uh, Amazon has continued to roll out um, over the last seven years, their advertising platform. And it used to be more rudimentary than it is uh, today, of course. Uh, and it continues to evolve and get more competitive and you get a lot more advertisers. It's very similar to other platforms, you know, Facebook advertising, Google advertising, where they're continually testing new ad types keyword search ads uh, product display ads uh, offensive defensive ads off amazon retargeting ads all those things where amazon is in control of the, those pixels but they continue to to roll it out and what used to be a handful you know like three or four ad placements back in the day Today, there's over 30 different ad types or ad placements on the Amazon platform itself. And like you said, it's like you probably wouldn't even know what even half of those are, (laughs) probably less than 10 for most sellers on Amazon, but it does a great job of getting the product, especially a new product in front of shoppers, especially when they've got well established competitors who already own the organic search results for their product. And to kind of give you a little bit of perspective on that, like like my own career, my own seven years is my kind of my claim to fame, my 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 elevator pitch, I guess, is that I've helped over twenty thousand brands on Amazon sell over a billion dollars of their products on Amazon, and I'm one piece of of many, you know, in this space, uh, and so the the numbers on Amazon continue to grow considerably. It still doesn't have the At ad, the ad platform, there's no way. A lot of people seem to think that it's like, oh yeah, it's bigger than you know Google ads like no no Google ads is a monster. Facebook ads is a monster, you know, uh, YouTube ads, of course, you know, it's very large. And I would I would suspect that Amazon probably is in position top five, certainly, maybe position three or four these days. but they're doing it uh, quite profitably. You know certainly that is a good portion of their their net revenue is uh, they do several billion dollars each quarter just in advertising fees. That is quite the elevator
2: pitch. Kudos to (laughs) you. For sure. (laughs) I'm just curious, like when, and and this is is coming, uh, part of my CV is uh, working for a company called STX Entertainment. Uh, When I was at Horizon Media, we ran our home entertainment campaigns for, believe it or not, DVD, Blu-ray, and instant prime video. So we'd we'd run a theatrical flight, a ticketing flight for a movie, and then ever shortening time frame to home entertainment. You know, like that that DVD release date. It used to be like you'd wait a year from the time you saw the movie in the theater, then you can get it on DVD, or you know, Christmas it comes out or something like that. But now that that turnaround time is has shrunk significantly, and you know, we were we were running, like I said, DVD, Blu-ray, um, instant access campaigns through Amazon, and and really and found that it was it was kind of it's a different universe trying to target uh by keyword like it, for some reason you know being able to to target um say you know 50 cent films we were running this film Den of Thieves at the time and uh you know 50 cent movies is a great keyword on Google uh, it's a great keyword on YouTube it's, you can find those affinities you know you have a really cool web of associations you can leverage on those with Amazon I found I found the restrictions kind of mystifying. I wish I, I wish I would have known about you guys at the time, because <laughs> um, there was a, you know there was a lot of R and D, I think, uh, and some wasted budget on a, on a lot of uh, keywords just because the nature of the algorithm is different than some of the more traditional ad platforms. We were pretty much reliant on the visual ads as opposed to you know their keyword intelligence. Really, the only thing that would drive for us was the movie title. You know, generics didn't really play. You know, we, we couldn't right. really get much off of new DVDs, new DVDs on sale. You'd think that would be a great um, or new movies, new Prime Video stuff like that. So we were, we were there was a lot of kind of hunting and pecking around to find goodness for that that product, even though we knew there was there was plenty of traffic. You know, our, our keyword research would show. Oh yeah, people. People want to watch Den of Thieves, people want to watch Bad Moms Christmas, people want to watch uh, the stuff that we, you know, the stuff that we were pushing out there. But for some reason, it was it was kind of hard to scale. Take us through someone, if someone came to you with that problem, like, take us through an example of how you would um, maybe test it and, and iterate on a campaign like that.
0: No, absolutely. So, I mean, typically, you know, we'll have, so it's Amazon, Amazon, of course, is, you know, started out with the books, and of course, it has its video collection. Uh, in multimedia collection, but it's most known now for a lot of the the physical products that it sells. You can pretty much get everything you want off of Amazon in some form or another. And so, and usually get it shipped to you the next day (laughs) in a lot of cases. So that's one of its biggest appeals as a platform. Why it's so popular is that kind of the instant gratification aspects of it. Now, from an advertising standpoint is traditionally we were locked into, okay, what are the keywords? You know, in the in the example of like say the Fifty Cent movie, had it been around at the time, and I'm not sure if it was at the time, but you're going to have a certain amount of your audience who has maybe read, uh, you know, who's listened to Fifty Cent music, has read, you know, the the biography and the stories behind Fifty Cent, which is incredible by itself, actually, and kind of tie that and educate that consumer of those other products. that, hey, here's this the latest movie out with Fifty Cent. Um, and so you can kind of cross-populate different types of products that are not that are not where somebody's looking specifically for 50 Cent, but maybe they're looking for the title of something else that had 50 Cent in there. So that might be some other related product that is has a high relevance to the product you're selling. That's part of the scaling that we do is not only looking at what are some of the related products that we can advertise on. Because advertising, you can go after, you can gain market share from your competition by going head to head with them and saying, Hey, we've got a better product. We're going to put our product ad right onto that Amazon product detail page of a competitor and potentially steal away their, their shopper. That's assuming that they get their main single image and their title correct, which most don't. <laughs> um, and so that's a whole different aspect of, of marketing on Amazon. And uh, and then beyond that, you go into products that are typically bought together or related, uh, so that it becomes more of an impulse buy. If somebody's looking for a, a different product, then they can say, "Oh, I want that also," or "That's a that's a good substitute." And so there's different types of ads you can run based off of compliments and sub- substitutes. But it doesn't trump the, the homework that you really should be doing into understanding who your target audience is. What else do they buy? Uh, what are the the pain points that they're trying to solve? And going after those kinds of keywords, going after those kind of products, where somebody's obviously hunting around trying to find a solution or trying to find something that they enjoy, and you can run an ad next to that that may not uh, the Amazon may not show on its own, or the the competitors may not run ads on. Simply by taking the extra time to really care about. Who's my target audience and what is it they're seeking? I can solve that problem. I can solve that desire they have.
1: Well I think what's really interesting about Amazon as, an, as, a, as a platform for this kind of marketing is it's almost like a microcosm for the, the strategies that we use other places. so you know you sort of just you talked in that answer about both sort of PPC strategies, right? Like where to target and where to go to literally just pay to steal attention from people from from competitors essentially. Yep. And then you also talked about essentially organic, which in Amazon is listing optimization, which is really interesting because it it creates this thing of of sort of okay, there's there are multiple prongs to an yep. attack if you want to effectively market through Amazon. Part of that is doing some of the same old things but then some bespoke things, I'm sure to make sure your listing contains all the right stuff, which is, you know, in, 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 in my world of SaaS marketing, it's more just like, okay, write blog posts and make sure they're keyword optimized and, you know, SEO things, right? Yeah. Uh, but then there's the PVC part, which is, like you said, the keyword piece, except it's this just completely different silo of essentially first-party data that Amazon has because they're this consumer packaged goods powerhouse which makes me feel like maybe the moral of what I'm saying is like, don't sleep on Amazon for the future of this stuff as cookies get messy, <laughs> 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 cookie lists and stuff like that. Like they have this crazy trove of first party data based on well, your purchasing and- behavior, right? Like they kind of know, they like, they, they, they oh. probably literally have a flag on my account saying I just recently had a baby, right? Uh, like, yeah, without a doubt.
0: <laughs> here's, here's how deep this goes. So Amazon is probably as, as a oh. seller, as an advertiser, on Amazon, we probably only get about less than ten percent of the data that Amazon collects right but Amazon they built their machine learning algorithms uh, many years ago or a few years ago, and those have gotten you know trained every single day for the last few years and they've gotten to the point where they're so good that they'll literally choose different types of advertising based off of what their confidence level is of the buying decision of that shopper in this particular search today. Wow. Based off of past history, based off of time of day, based off of what tens of thousands of other shoppers in a similar situation have done before them, they can predict, okay, we have a high confidence this this shopper is going to purchase today. Therefore, these are the types of ads that we're going to show.
2: Sounds a lot like the maximize conversions strategy on Google. Like that, it sounds very similar. Do you have right. clients tell you that? Like, uh, hey, how do we how do we match what we're doing on Google? How do we replicate or improve what we're doing?
0: And let's be, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, like Amazon is certainly learning from other platforms, especially uh, Google, as far as how to build out their ads. They're not adopting everything, but they're slowly introducing some of these things. They, they're still a bit weak as far as. Psychographic, demographic type of targeting, but they've been starting to introduce that. They've been collecting it all along, but they are uh, just recently starting to introduce that from a targeting standpoint. And so, we may be in a position where somebody is um, in a position where they're they're looking to buy, and Amazon will actually offer to us. <laughs> thank you, Amazon. Right. Uh, thank you for helping us spend spend our money, and. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they'll offer it's like, well, we'll even adjust your bids based off of whether or not we think that the, there's a high chance that the shopper's in a buying mood today. Whether it works all the time or not, you know, there's, there's some things that are left to be desired. There's plenty of different strategies, of course, on any ad platform uh, and some work better than others. But Amazon does continue to evolve and they'll continue to evolve because I think they still have a long way to go to catch up to the complexity that somebody like a, a Google Ads or a Facebook Ads um,
1: has available to them. When you talk about the mix between listing op- optimization versus the, the sort of PPC strategy, like what percentage of effort goes into, okay, listing optimization versus PPC, and then how does uh, it align with sort of traditional ways of thinking about that stuff? By, by that, I mean, you know usually when you go to explain your budget... <laughs> to you know, whoever's above you in your company yeah. and you say, okay, well, look, the payoff on all this organic content that's SEO'd up is going to be a much longer tail, evergreen strategy that blah, blah, blah. And you, know, yeah. you keep pumping out the content for that, but you got to tell everybody like, look, look, this is the marathon part of what we're doing. And then over here, PPC is more about, can we drive leads immediately? I would imagine that mix is a bit different when you're talking about how do you put the right things in a listing for people's sort of the search intent When you hit Amazon, it's completely different than the search intent that we're sort of targeting when we're looking at standard SEO strategies and stuff. So this is
0: something where it's more more of an economic change that has occurred. So um, I was always a proponent of Amazon PPC advertising, Amazon display advertising, because it was pretty easy to get your product in front of your target audience, increase sales. Well, the challenge on that, of course, is that as more and more brands come on to the Amazon platform, and certainly during, uh, you know, during the COVID years, you get a lot more brick and mortar traditional brands that have finally had to just say, look, we're not getting as much through our, our traditional retail brick and mortar sales channels. We need to go more direct to consumer as well as use additional sales channels like Amazon. And so we get a lot more of the enterprise players that have come on to uh, Amazon in the past couple of years. Now, the mix has shifted. And this is something that, that I started talking about probably about a year and a half where I started backing away from saying advertising first to listing optimization, to conversion rate optimization, to standing out from the crowd. Because one of the things that I had observed on Amazon was because of there's... A, there's common training groups that are out there that are training tens of thousands of sellers on Amazon. And they have a similar teaching pattern. It's like, hey, here's how you set up your product listing. Here's the words that you use. Here's how you structure it. Here's the the title format that you use. And apparently there has not been enough diversity because we started seeing where you go in to do a search for a specific product niche and you find that Everybody looks about the same. There's a common pattern. Nobody really stands out. Combine that with the high reliance, you know, the adopted reliance of mobile phones, for instance, smartphones by consumers, you're probably familiar with the old term on Google ad space, banner blindness, uh, which is simply just people stop seeing the ads because they see it so often. And that's one of the reasons why ad platforms often usually have to move things around, change the shape, change the way they're displayed. Amazon does the same thing. They're constantly testing, moving things around in order to avoid that. But the same thing happens when shoppers see a long list of essentially a very similar product. They kind of check out. They just start thumb-scrolling past everything. and they don't really, Their eye isn't really catching anything. You don't want a shopper doing that because they go into a, an indecisive paralysis, if you will, where they're not making a click. They're not making a decision to purchase. They're not evaluating their choices. They can pretty easily get trapped into just scrolling past, especially in types of products that have a lot of variations. Um, one that's a common example of this that I, that I, reckon, that I usually point out is like baby clothing. Everybody seems to be ready. It's like, hey, I'm gonna have, you know, I'm gonna create baby bibs because I have a baby right now. And so it's really made they're familiar with them. (laughs) And they come out and they say, oh, well, I've got you know a two-pack, a five-pack, a fifty pack, you know, you know, whatever. And there are all these different patterns and there's all these different colors and sizes and themes. And you end up with all these multivariate combinations, you know, just hundreds of, you know, different combinations for your consumer to plow through to figure out what's right for me. They end up not making a decision. Those are the ones who end up going through five, six, seven pages on Amazon, which is atypical. Usually a normal product on Amazon, most of the sales, similar to Google, that gets the clicks and get the sale is typically going to be on page one. Usually the top half of page one is where it's going to dominate the rest of the search results. But in those niches where they there's so much selection that they can't even wrap their head around like, what I need to make a choice here, but there's so many options to look through, we we lose them. So we have to be able to position both the advertising as well as the listing optimization, especially the listing optimization, the SEO of product listings and ads, in order to first and foremost break away from the pattern, break away from from the sameness that you see in a search result so that you even grab the eye of the shopper. Get them to pause for a second to consider the image that you showed or the title you have. And then the big piece of listing optimization that I hammer on people this year to do is to really focus on on improving the messaging to the consumer and really answering the question, what's in it for me? You know, it's a, uh, probably an overused question, but it's one that is poorly addressed by a lot of e-commerce marketers is answering the question, what's in it for me if I buy this product?
2: Differentiation. You know, uh, yeah,
0: you got you to stand out from your competition. You've got to answer what are the benefits, you know, lead with the benefits. And because of this, uh, you know, short attention span, high scroll habit that consumers have gotten into is you got to do that very quickly if you're doing any kind of a long form sales letter or big paragraph pitch of every single feature of your product,
1: they're not sticking around.
0: They're not. No time for that. Most most consumers are really like, it's like, I don't have time for that. I'm not going to read through that. So if you don't hook them within five seconds, if you don't, if you don't project to them, what is the benefit of what's in it for me within five seconds of every point that you're making in your listing, you're not keeping them there. They've got way too much selection that they can choose outside of your product on Amazon or any e-commerce channel that they could easily switch over to if you don't keep their attention.
1: Yeah, what's interesting is, it, it, you know, as you described that scenario there, I mean, you're the expert. I'm a marketer, but in other fields. I immediately started thinking like, it almost feels more like early web or a little more like YouTube marketing in that immediately I started like my growth hacker brain started going a little more than my sort of like typical <laughs> SEO strategy <laughs> brain in that. And then it was sort of like, okay, what if, what if you, what if one of the words is all caps in the name of the product or like, yeah. what if, you know, it's like those weird, it's like, you know, you see those things on YouTube where the, the title of the video is like, you know, can't find my dog in parentheses, it says emotional with an exclamation point. It's like these weird (laughs) constructs for headlines. And it, but it's because it works like because they're kind of fighting the same game there. People are going through their homepage so fast that all you've got is a thumbnail and a headline to try to grab them. And then you see these weird constructs that if you're not paying attention, you suddenly go like, I feel like YouTube headlines have, have this have their own language and syntax, and it's constantly yeah. shifting and it's shifting because the game is what you just described like trying to stand out in that split second in a way that just you just need that microsecond pause that causes a person to break out of the flow of just scrolling that they're yeah. in, and yeah. you know all kinds of weird things you can do to make that happen it, it, well exactly yeah and that that's
0: one of the reasons why I lead with that ahead of advertising because i what I know is that if you increase the engagement of shoppers right first of all you 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 stand out from your competition get that click which is the engagement you're pulling them away from your their the, your competition more easily and then you're keeping them on your product detail page by hooking them into what are the benefits what's in it for them which is going to increase your conversion rate and your conversion rate of your product dramatically increases the profitability and effectiveness of the advertising I was talking to a brand yesterday. Blew through about twenty-five grand in ad spend in order to sell twenty thousand dollars worth of product. The math is pretty easy on that one. It's not going to work. Yeah, yeah, not good. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a hey. You know, I'll give you more money. You know, but that's exactly what they did. And and part of that had to do in their situation. It was more of a case of their advertising was poorly targeting their audience, they were going after things like, you know, Christmas gift, you know, it was so generic, such a, mm. a shotgun approach that it was ineffective. And they're going for such competitive terms that it was expensive. You know, the cost per click was, was very high. And so they, you, you, have got, you know, what traditionally what, what sellers on Amazon sales channel always say, it's like, okay, what's, what's the one lever I can pull? Well, it's how do I adjust my advertising? well, you've got more than one lever and that other lever really should be pulled. And, and so I'm out here and I'm you know, I'm, I'm talking to shows and I'm you know, regularly teaching the community that this is what you need to do, but I'm only reaching a fraction of the community to really educate them on what they could be doing. And so right now I consider it more of a, a blue ocean opportunity where most of the competition hasn't caught up to the fact that, oh, we need to stand out from the competition. Eventually they will, but it'll probably take a couple more years. But right now, you've got to have both. You've got to have that SEO, that listing optimization stand out and then grab the attention of the shopper, really communicate to them based off of your ability to listen to a shopper. It's amazing how many brands I talk to when I say, it's like, okay, you have you know, 5,000 reviews of your product and each of your competitors have five to 10,000 reviews. And so you probably have 200,000 review, you know, product reviews that you should go through. And they're like, what? It's like, that sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it is. And your competition's not going to do it. Therefore.
2: Therefore you you win where they're lazy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Don't be lazy. You can't afford to be lazy anymore. But if you do it, you're going to start speaking the language of the shopper and they're going to realize that you're talking to them, you're going to get the sale. You're going to get increased market share. You're going to increase the profitability so you can be more aggressive in your advertising if you want to be. And with um, Canopy Management, as far as our space, one of the coins, one of the terms we like to use is we, we try to create category kings and queens. In other words, we want you to dominate your product niche and we help them do that. But in order to do that, you can't just do like, oh, what's the one magic bullet that I need to be doing? now it doesn't work that anyway, way anymore it's not the wild west it used to be where you could just get away with hey let's put up better quality image and we'll win yeah, yeah. sorry <laughs> the competition will continue to increase
2: what, one thing you said i wanted to kind of uh, follow up on on adam's question from sort of the or- organic listing side is sort of the same conversation on on the budget side right because you know you need to feed a certain amount of spend into this algorithm in order for it to function and and run their the ai you know, based, uh, conversion optimization that, that Amazon's algorithm is, is increasingly being trained to do. Right. And I think it's like a 30, 35 K right minimum. And you've got a limited time frame for your clients ar- around, you know, testing, iterating before you can find sort of a, a winning formula or a winning campaign that they can then say, all right, yeah, this is working for us. We can scale this. How do you go about mitigating, uh, or, or you know, positioning that, you know, the, the budget requirements against things like uh, frequency or f- creative fatigue, you know, right. Kn- knowing that you have to pump uh, a critical mass of, uh, of ads and dollars in towards a certain category without burning the ocean, while also giving yourself the opportunity to differentiate yourself.
0: Yeah. I mean, the, the, the general rule of thumb that I use is however much you spend in sourcing your product, including getting it delivered to an Amazon warehouse, is the amount of money you should budget for your launch advertising. So, if it costs you five grand in order to get your product in the first place, plan on spending five grand in order to launch the product through advertising spent. The 35K uh, number that you mentioned actually is probably tied to Amazon's DSP or demand side platform, which is typically yes. the off Amazon retargeting. The 35K uh, budget is actually a requirement that Amazon had. When they manage it themselves, and I can guarantee you they suck at managing those ads, they That's will the spend your dollar all day long and say, "Look how well we did at getting your your, your ads shown millions of times. Great, what was the conversion rate doesn't matter it doesn't matter. We got your your ad visible it's like i'm not buying billboards i'm buying I'm selling product here you know yep, so one of the things that you know, like for instance, my agency, we are one of the authorized um, you know, we're we authorized to manage the demand side platform. So, brands that work with us don't have that 35,000 minimum. And we're focused on profitability, not on impressions. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it, you definitely want to go with, especially anybody who's using Amazon to manage their ads right now, run. Run as fast as you can get out of that contract because they are blowing your money uh, like nobody's business. Well, because it's good business for them, actually. Yep, (laughs) Uh, But because Amazon now offers, you know, there's keyword ads, there's product targeting ads, category targeting ads, image display ads with different creatives that you can use. There are uh, video ads that you can run. So there's a lot of different creatives that you can use now on Amazon and then some additional ones off Amazon. Ultimately, it comes down to continuing to test to see which ones are appropriate for your product. You may not have the manpower or the in-house creative staff in order to come up with all of the, the the creative that may be necessary or to run the ads properly. But you've got to start somewhere. And even in ads, I recommend trying to do the opposite, similar to the listing optimization to the SEO, to stand out is if all of your competition is using one specific ad type, like an Amazon space sponsor product ads, maybe you need to be looking at product targeting ads, you know, offensive, defensive Product uh, competitor ads, Uh, video ads certainly convert well. If there are gaps in your competition, in the ads that they're running, exploit that. Every single time, exploit that because that means it's it's not going to be as expensive for you and it's a great opportunity
1: for you to gain market share away from that competition. Your rule of thumb about doubling the budget is a thing that I have applied in marketing context for entertainment as well. It's always a bummer to filmmakers in particular, and I'm sure product people are the same way. Because they want to believe if you build it, they will come. And they have to go, no, man, (laughs) no. Like The unwritten part of the Matrix's budget is double what it costs to make the movie is the price of marketing. And that's a Matrix movie. They're like, well, can't we just get Keanu Reeves to tweet? It's like, nope, you need another $100 million to market that movie. I'm sorry, that's just how the world works.
0: Although yeah, although <coughs> the whole like the celebrity tweet thing is um, is something that is a common also, yeah, is a common conversation inside of the world of Amazon. We've got one brand that is they're the the I think they're the fourth or the fifth highest selling brand on Amazon, and they do a phenomenal job. They have a full creative team, but their PR team is phenomenal. They they get celebrity endorsements every single day. Like you're like going, how in the world did you get this person to to endorse your product? Well, they have one of those products where, you know, it's a feel-good product, they they probably use it themselves. They're and they're usually getting them to volunteer to endorse it as well, which is incredible. So sometimes it's a case of now, I've never met a PR company that is is as effective as the amount of money that you pay them. However, if you can find an individual that is really good about reaching out to micro and macro uh, influencers across social media that is probably going to be the most effective time and money spent as far as gaining traction with uh, you know a product or a movie or you know you got to get a certain amount of buzz across different audiences and and yeah. usually what i recommend on that is like look if you're doing outreach if you're trying to find influencers don't lead with, hey, I'll cut you in for a percentage or I'll pay you. You've already lost if you're doing that. If you are authentically engaging with a community that would actually is the target audience for a product, a service, a, a movie, and you are part of that conversation already, and then you identify some small influencers or people who are very active in those kind of social media groups or publishers you know for themselves. If you can come up with a way to make them look good to their own audience without having to pay them, but help them to look better to their own audience, you're going to probably win that conversation. You're probably actually going to get them to to give a strong consideration, but they will absolutely every single day reject if you open up with, hey, I'll cut you in on a percentage of the sales or I'll pay you to do this because they're either in the business of paying and therefore
1: it's going to be less effective. It's not going to be authentic. And their followers knew that. Yeah I, yeah, I often say that. That part of the internet is the world's biggest bullshit detector. Like, you, <laughs> don't, absolutely you don't is, thread you know? properly. Everybody goes, nope, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, you want to you
0: see a perfect example of that. Go to any kind of thread or group inside of a Reddit you know, forum yeah. and they will burn yeah. you in 10 seconds. Right. If, you even, if you even smell
1: like a marketer. For sure. (laughs) I (laughs) love that. So as happens with our best guests, I have a bunch of post-its with things on them, written on them that we didn't even get to. So we'll have to have you back to talk about the stuff some more. (laughs) Sounds good. To wrap this up, I I have a really quick just sort of thought experiment question That's sort of, I'm curious whenever I think about Amazon, stuff like this, like, is there, is there space in there in terms of their offering for marketing of things like, you know, Mark and I, company we work for is a SaaS platform, right? We're not selling consumer packaged goods. So is there a space in their advertising ecosystem for possibly a unique way to target users based on, you know, I don't know if it applies for our particular use case in advertising, but I can imagine other SaaS platforms where it's sort of, you know, if you have a fitness platform or something, I can imagine targeting advertising based on people's shopping behavior around you know, diet books or or you know, fitness gear, or stuff like that. That even even if the point is to drive them off of Amazon to sign up for your platform, and yeah, you're
0: touching on exactly what it is. You know, a lot of times yeah. it's a lost leader. You know, some kind of a physical product to pull them over in order to get them involved in some kind of a recurring membership or subscription outside of Amazon. Amazon likes to control the shopper. You know, they they flat right. out say it's like this is our shopper. It's not your. It's not your shopper. It's it's not your customer. It's ours. And so you have to be very you know, tactful about how you connect with those, you know, with people who do buy your product. You can certainly advertise uh, books and movies, but typically software, you could advertise through their enterprise programs, but that's when you start getting back into your 35000
1: a month minimum yeah. ad budget you know,
0: where Amazon's spending your money instead of
1: you. It'd be interesting to see if that grows as they continue to try to grow that side of the business. Right. But yeah, we're out of time. Thanks for thanks for joining us uh, today. Where where can people find you if they want to look you up on the the interwebs? Well,
0: uh, I'm in a few places. Certainly, uh, you know Brian R Johnson on YouTube. Most people will search for Brian Johnson and, and they'll find uh, ACDC or something. But <laughs> yeah, Brian R Johnson on YouTube. Certainly, you can reach out to my site brianrjohnson.com those who are in the Amazon space I'd be remiss if I of course didn't mention my agency canopymanagement.com
2: And just a quick piggyback on that are you focused on big brands trying to optimize existing campaigns or do you take you know individuals and small businesses who want to get off the ground with a with a blank slate?
0: Um, so it d- depends on whether or not uh, so typically not the smaller players we've grown to the point where our processes work best for a certain range so typically, a good candidate to work with an agency uh, like ours is going to for advertising and marketing is going to be probably 30,000 a month in sales on Amazon. I think we go up to somewhere in the 4 to 5 million a month on Amazon as far as some of our larger clients. We are working on some solutions for, you know, the sub 30,000 that we're going to be rolling out here in the next month or two. Because frankly, that's where most you know, startup businesses are. Now, if somebody comes in where they've got no sales on Amazon and they're just launching on Amazon, but maybe they have a track record of either previous product launches or off Amazon, you know, maybe they got a, a, shop, a, you know, a Shopify store or something like that that is, is killing it, right. then we'll definitely have that conversation because we know what we bring to the table. We know where our expertise is and that partnership
1: usually works out pretty well. Well, yeah, thanks again for joining us. And thanks, everybody, for listening to another episode of the Data Driven Marketer. I'm Adam. I'm Mark. And I'm Brian. Take it easy, everybody.